We're singing tonight, we have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. And I believe that's why we come tonight. We come to hear from and to meet with God. And as the little song says, forget about yourselves. And that's hard to do sometimes in, in the world that we're living. Forget about yourselves. Concentrate on him. Thank you. 
angels brought them to her, to her <coughs> Jesus. Oh, what beautiful name that is. I've come to learn that when we sing about the name of Jesus, we simply can't go wrong. Because his name is high above any other name. And the Bible tells us there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. We have a lot of needs that we read out this morning, and I don't have them in front of me. But the list is very long, and uh, we're praying that God will minister to those that have been caused to mourn, those that are sick. We're asking tonight that God would perform miracles in their lives. We're praying this evening for unspoken needs in this place, that if you have a need, as we sing this, and you'd like to bring it to the altar and be anointed with oil, you feel free to do that tonight, no matter what your need is. You can certainly come and stand, and the pastors will anoint you, and we will pray for your need as the Bible instructs us to do so. But we're going to stand tonight and sing about that beautiful name of Jesus. What it means in our lives personally. It's great to come together and sing with everyone else, but the gospel is a personal gospel. And that name means so much to us individually. Let's stand together and after we sing this, Pastor Darren is going to come and lead us in prayer. But if you'd like to come with your need, you feel free to do that tonight as we sing together. I know.
the wonderful power of the name of Jesus. So before I pray, even with your own mouth, your own heart, can we just whisper the name of Jesus together? Can you think about that circumstance or situation maybe you yourself are going through or maybe you know someone else is going through? Let's just speak the name of Jesus over her right now. There's power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, makes all the difference in any situation or circumstance. Speak his name right now, Jesus.
praise. I think we should take a moment to praise him. Would you like to praise him? Servants 
and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It is not a new month, moon. It is neither Sabbath. She said, it is well. Carried on, she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on. Don't slow down, for unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And she, when she saw him at a distance, the man of God said to his servant, Gehazi, I look, there is the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your children all right? She declared, it is well. When she reached the man of God over the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden from me and has not told me why. Did I not ask for a son, my Lord, she said. Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. And if you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound, nor was there a response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and said, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was a boy lying dead on the bed. He went in, shut the door of the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got out of the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. He stretched himself out upon him, and the body, the boy's body, grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, and then got out of the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Our text verse is verse 26. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her. And say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. Say it with me. It is well. Brother Harvey Kaufman, will you pray for me tonight as we look into the word of the Lord. Praise God. So this was a perfect halfway point for the man of God. 
So he would go here, and this little lady would make sure that his needs were taken care of. After a while, the man of God recognized what was happening. So he said, is there anything we can do for you, little woman? The question was asked. Then the response came back, well, she might have a lot around her, but she has no son, and her husband is old. And in the days of Israel, to be childless was a disaster. For a woman to not have a child was disastrous. So therefore, the servant said to his master, this woman needs a child. That's what she needs. Everything seemed to be going well. Because the man of God said, woman, God is going to answer your need. And you are going to have a child next year, this time. The woman said, are you sure? Don't tell me. Are you sure this is going to happen? And the man of God said it would. And just as the man of God declared the prophetic word over her life, God performed the prophetic word, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. But as we progress in this scripture, we see everything is going well. She has the son she longed for, the son she loves. But all of a sudden, something goes dark. And the Bible says at noontime, the boy who went out to be with his father suddenly became ill and was brought back to the arms of his mother. And the Bible tells us the child died. This woman demonstrates for us today what it means to live truly biblical. What it truly means to live authentic Christianity. What it means to live a life of faith and deliverance and trust in God. Do you believe in God today? Do you believe his word to be true? Do you believe the promises of God are yes and amen? Do you believe what he has promised he will fulfill? Well, I do. Because I serve a God who has promised to me that I will meet your needs through Christ Jesus. I have the eternal promises of the word of God. In this scripture, this little woman was one who stood tall in Israel because she understood what it was to persevere, to believe, and to stand on the word of God. Let us look into this word today. You see, according to the scripture, this woman's faith was unlimited. This woman's faith was unrestricted. And this woman's faith was unusual. I believe it's about time that God's people started grumbling about where we are and started saying what God can do in our lives. Amen? We wonder why our families don't want to come to Christ. Some of us grumble so much about our Christianity. I wouldn't want to serve a God either that people are grumbling about all the time. But this woman did not allow adversity, circumstance to change her perspective on who God was and what God could do. And therefore her faith is unlimited, unrestricted, and unusual. We need people like that today who will have that type of faith. Number one. I want to talk about despairing circumstance. The Bible says here that the boy dies. The woman and the mother who was shown so much kindness is now in darkness, death, and defeat. Have you ever been there? Have you ever gone through a difficult day? Just as well to say amen. Have you ever had a difficult time in your life? Well, praise the Lord. The other 25 that didn't say amen, you're going to have a bad day tomorrow. 
Because guess what? We are in an imperfect world where the enemy is attacking on every side. But I want to let you know, whether your mother is not saved, whether your children are not all saved, whether there's sickness or adversity in your family, hear me today, he is the God of the impossible. And we don't look at the circumstance, but we look at the sustainer today. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. God had moved in this woman's life. And once God moves in your life once, you will never be the same again. Once God performs the miraculous in your life, you will never be the same again. You see, here she is now. All hope is gone in the natural. Many would have said, let's call the mortician. Let's call the burial people. Let's pay the mourners as they did in Israel's day. Let's get them ready. There is no hope in this situation. There was bad news. And some of us like to talk about bad news, don't we? This woman didn't talk about bad news. Even though there was despair and circumstance in her life, she didn't talk about the bad news. All she wanted to talk about was I need to meet the man of God. Because if I meet the man of God, my dire circumstance is going to turn around for the glory of God. Your circumstance tonight can turn around for the glory of God. She prepared herself. She went to her husband. Now he was a formalist in religion. She somehow, and of course the Bible don't record everything, but no doubt she had a conversation with him. Said, I'm going to find the man of God. The same man that prophesied over me and told me I was going to have a boy is the same man I'm going to meet again. And I want him to prophesy over my life and let me know that the boy that lies dead on the bed is going to live again. Her husband didn't share faith. He said, woman, why would you go to the man of God? It is neither new moon. It is neither Sabbath. In other words, there are only certain times that you can go to the man of God. And it is not a new moon. It is not a Sabbath. So why disturb the man of God? Hear me today. God is not a restrictor of time. God doesn't only touch our lives certain times. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And despite where we are, God is able to meet us at our point of being. Oh, it was easy in these despairing circumstances to give up. You see, her life was filled with despair. Her son lay dead in her home. The man of God was far away. Her husband didn't share her faith. What was she going to do? There was despair everywhere in her life. And I want to talk secondly tonight about daring faith. Verses 24 to 26. The prophet says to his servant, Run, I pray thee to meet her, and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? Now, you talk about daring faith. She didn't say to Gehazi, Oh, dear Gehazi, would you go back to the prophet and tell him I'm having a terrible time? Would you tell him my son is dead? 
Would you tell him my husband doesn't understand why I'm here? Would you tell him the darkness that has come in my home? But at that moment, when the question was asked, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your son? She declared with daring faith, it is well. Now it takes a daring person to stand and to say, God has this under control. It was at that moment that this woman stepped out of the natural into the supernatural. And at that moment, she declared to God, to herself, to her enemy, that God had this under control and it was well with her. What about you today? I read a book recently and the author said, we talk more about our circumstance than we ever talk about what God has provided. I kind of believe the author because so many times we are just looking at the gloom and the doom. But she said, it is well. She didn't disclose her son was dead. She didn't disclose her husband is in mourning. She didn't disclose her house has changed. But she took a, a step of faith and said, all is well. I don't know where some of you are to today, but we need to take a daring step of faith. And we need to let God know we believe it is well. We need to let the enemy know today it is well. Why is it well? Because I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Colossians says he has come and spoiled powers and principalities and made a show of them openly. I am more than a conqueror today and I have daring faith to say it is well. Here we see a trail of faith, a power in an almighty God. You see sorrow should not destroy but should intensify our faith. This woman did not allow sorrow to destroy her faith, but she allowed sorrow to intensify the faith that she had in the word of God that came to the prophets. The soul that has no faith in God is paralyzed and is helpless and sorrowful. The distress that drives the believer to God drives the unbeliever to despair. But today I can cry like the woman of old. It is well because I know a God who can. Not only do I know a God who can, but I know a God who will. You see, faith without works is dead, the scripture says. This woman had just only faith, but she had works. For she moved forward in belief that if she could get the man of God to come and to minister to her boy, she would have him back to life again. So it is well. It is well. It is well. She may not have been well physically. Some people might have said the woman is in shock. Give her some medication. She doesn't realize her child is gone. Help her out somewhere. But this woman was not in shock. This woman was living in victory. This woman had already seen by the eyes of faith that God was going to deliver her boy. And there was no devil. There was no demon. There was no religious opposition that was going to change her mind. It was well. And she believed it. So many times we are what we say. And we go around and we live in defeat. But I like the chorus we used to sing one time. God, 
can do it again. He's the same God today as he always has been. Yesterday and forever, he's always the same. There's no reason to doubt. God can do it again. We see here this daring faith. We get our eyes off where we are and we take a leap of faith believing the promises of God. Moving thirdly, this evening, we see her determined faith. The verses 27 to verse 32, the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as my soul lives, I'm not going to leave you. The prophet of the Lord learned about the situation. And the Bible says in verse 27 that his heart was deeply stirred on behalf of the sorrowing woman. I want to tell you that while the prophet was stirred with the sorrow of the woman, I know somebody who's stirred with your circumstance today. I know a God who's concerned about your mother who still doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know a God today who's concerned about every one of your children and where they are at this moment. I know a God who understands your health issues, your financial issues. I mean, he knows where your mind is at this moment. He knows your discouragement and your despondency. And that God is moved with compassion. And do I know the New Testament is filled with the stories of Jesus moved with compassion for those who were sinners, those who were righteous, those who he called, and those who he changed. Our Lord's ministry throughout the Gospels is one of compassion. And if he can touch the little boy's lunch and multiply it, he can take your life and multiply it with blessings. Today, that God that we serve, we have a determined faith. This woman was not going to give up. She was not going to give in. But she was determined in her mind that this boy that was hers through the blessing of God was going to be returned to her. This woman was not satisfied with the servant's visit. The staff placed on the body. She did not want rituals. But she wanted the power and the presence of Almighty God in the life of her family. Now, church today, God has not changed. And if we have a determined faith, there is nothing that is impossible with God. Can you repeat it with me? There is nothing that is impossible with God. I believe it because the Bible tells us. Matter of fact, the Bible tells me if I have faith, like the grain of a mustard seed. You know how small a mustard seed is. Uh, it is so small, but yet the Bible tells us that if we have faith, like the grain of a mustard seed, and we speak to the mountain, it shall be removed into yonder sea. This little woman was not going to settle for second best. She was not going to settle for anything but the miraculous power of God. In her life. Today you and I need again to experience the blessings of God. Jacob of old said, I will not let go till you bless me. And this woman had the same determined faith. Today I will not let go until you bless me. I told the story in prayer meeting a while ago. Visited a lady in a church we pastored. She's with the Lord now. And I went and visited her and I asked her if all of her children were saved. 
Those of you who were in prayer meeting heard the story. She said, yes. I said, oh. She said, some of them know it, and some of them don't know it. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? She said, well, pastor, I brought them to the altar when they were born, and the pastor took them in his arms and gave them back to God. And every day that I live, I pray for them, and I lead them in the presence of God. And she said, all of my children are saved. I'm just waiting for them to come. That takes faith. That takes faith to believe when the circumstance don't seem that great. But this woman was determined through all abilities that she had. She was going to press through and there was going to be an answer in her home. An answer. Fourthly, this evening, we see a demonstration of faith. Of course, here she is. Can you see her? I don't know what she was dressed like, but if you were to study Hebrew history, you will know that whenever somebody died in Hebrew's days, they would dress in sackcloth and in mourning. And they would even hire mourners to stand outside their doors and to weep and wail for them. I'm not sure if she was dressed in black garb or if she still had on her daily clothes. I'm not sure. But this I do know, that this woman was walking by faith. And as she was walking back to her home, she was thinking in her heart, they may think my boy is dead. They may think his life is gone. They may think I have no hope for tomorrow. But the man of God is going to visit my boy. And he's going to rise from his bed. And he's going to walk out of his room. And we're going to be a family again. I don't know where some of you are today. But some of us have just given up. We figure what we are now is all we're ever going to be. Our children are never going to be saved. God is never going to bless our homes again. I got news for you that I serve a God that has promised in his word, I will bless thee. I have a God that has promised, I have covenanted with you, and you are my children. I have a God that has promised, I will supply all your needs through Christ Jesus. What is it you need today? What is it? There can be a demonstration of faith. So they got to the house. Now, let me amuse my imagination for a little while, will you? By this time, Facebook has it all over Facebook. You know, everybody's tweeting. The poor Shunammite. Son's dead. Died, died this morning. Somebody else puts on Twitter. Funeral arrangements will be announced. So all of a sudden, everybody around the town begins to hear the bad news. The child that she prayed for, that she wanted, and God gave her, is now dead. So can you imagine, as the townspeople were standing by the gate, and here walks this woman who should have been walking crying, who should have been walking brokenhearted, who should have been walking in death and defeat, past the crowds who had just talked about her and coming behind her was the man of God who knew what it was to move in the prophetic and in the anointing and in the power of God. I can see the good Pentecostals now. Poor woman. Poor thing. Why was she going to cope with this now? And she thinks the preacher's going to do something for her. Poor woman. I pity's her husband what he's going to have to put up with. Can you hear them? No doubt they begin to grumble among themselves. I don't know where her husband is exactly. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he knew his son had died. 
He knew she was gone to the man of God. She, he knew it was neither new moon nor Sabbath, but he knew she was gone to try to rescue them from this disaster. Where he was, I don't know. But maybe he watched his boy pass by and the man of God come behind. And maybe he thought, this is over for us. And not only am I going to lose my son, I'm going to lose my wife because she's got out of her mind. Little did he know she was in more of her right mind than anybody else was. Because once somebody puts their trust in the Lord, do you know what Isaiah said? Thou say with me, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is staying on the Lord. This woman's mind, her whole being, was on what God was about to do. And there was a demonstration. So she brings him in. And the preacher comes in. You see, the test doesn't explain the significance of what she's going through. But this we do know that her faith did not change one way, shape, or form. So she says to the preacher, come on now. I want you to bring light back into my boy. So the door is closed. Can you imagine how she felt when the door was closed? Elisha shuts the door so the miracle will be private. Nobody there, only him. But as he shuts the door, God begins to work. I want to say this today. Just when you think it's over, God is about to bring you into a greater dimension of his power and of his anointing. Because I've proven it over the years. And as he stood outside the door, as she stood outside the door, the man of God was in there. The Bible tells us what he did. He lied on him, eyes to eyes, mouth to mouth, hand to hand. And the Bible tells us that after some time, the boy sneezed seven times. Now, we can debate here tonight, commentators, if you're to study this portion of Scripture, 21 different commentators will tell you 21 different things. Whether it was to get toxins out of his body, whether it was to bring air back into his lungs, whether it was to let people know he was dead but now alive, we're not sure. But this we do know, that it was the power of God that transformed the dead boy and brought life back into him again. There is no other answer for your family. There is no other answer for your marriage. There is no other answer for your home but through God. Say it again. There is no answer for you but to God. His ability. He is the El Shaddai, the God of all plenty. And he will make himself real in your life. Can you imagine? Here they are waiting outside the room. Now if they were Pentecostals, thank God they weren't. Someone would have gone over to the woman and said, you poor thing. You really think the man of God is going to do anything for you? Ever met those people? I have, not in dearly, but I've met them. <laughs> Dear Lord, I've, I'll have a good day. And then all of a sudden, somebody will come with their negativity, and I feel that low, you have to jack me up to bury me. I'm sure there were those that didn't share her faith. There were those who didn't understand her enthusiasm. There were those who didn't understand her God. But for this woman, it didn't matter what people said. It didn't matter what the enemy had accomplished. Her faith was in a God that would do the impossible for her life. Hear me today. God will 
family better. God will provide the miraculous in our lives because I believe and I've experienced it. I don't want to bore you and I'll soon be finished. But oh, I got two boys today. Don't anybody here tell me that God doesn't heal anymore? Don't you dare tell me God doesn't perform miracles anymore? Don't you dare tell me the day of the miraculous is over because I stand here on the authority of God's word through personal experience that God performs the miraculous and when he does it, he does it well. When our boys were born premature and before they were born, we wondered if they would survive. We were told all that would happen and I remember sitting in the NICU unit at the Grace General Hospital in St. John's when my little boy hovered between life and death on a life support and breathing through an apparatus. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't pray, I couldn't sing, but then the Spirit of the Lord gave me the words of a chorus that I love, which singing is very simple. I don't know what I would do without the Lord. And at that moment, I recognized God was in the room and God was going to take care of our children and today God has done just that. I can enter into this woman as she waited in the waiting room. Can you imagine waiting, waiting to hear? She was in God's waiting room. She didn't put the latest phrase, hope for the best, but expect the worst. She had already experienced God's best, and the best was yet to come. She knew that if God could give her a child when there seemed to be no hope, the same God that moved in her life and performed the miracle would perform it again. I've often thought because this woman was daring and determined, she saw the mighty hand of God in her life. What about you today? Some of you have given up on God. Some of you have said God is not going to meet my need. Some of you have said God will not perform the miraculous. I want to tell you today, God will perform the miraculous. God will intervene in your circumstance. Today there are people searching, wondering is there a God? Is there one that can meet needs? Is there one that can mend our broken hearts and touch our lives? Yes, it is. God can do just that. We bring it to a close today. This woman, through sorrow and joy, and our musicians can return. This woman, through sorrow and joy and tears and laughter, realizes her experience in life was only one where God would perform what he promised he would do. Some of you uh, lie on your bed at night. You weep over the circumstance of your life. It seems as though you've been falsely accused. It seems as though people don't understand the decisions you've made. And they've twisted your words. It seems as if the, the harder you pray for your parents, the harder it seems that they're coming to Christ. The more you intercede for your children, the farther it seems they come to Calvary. Oh, you're troubled in your mind. You don't have any rest today, but depression has settled in, and you see that you cannot make it through tomorrow. You wonder, where is God? If God really cared about me, after all these years, my mother would be saved. If God really cared and really honored his word, my children wouldn't be wayward today. If God really cared, I wouldn't be in a financial difficulty I have. There wouldn't be health issues. There wouldn't be disagreements among me and other people. 
Well, hear me today. I don't know right where you are at this moment, but this I do know. You need to start speaking faith. And you need to start saying, it is well. It is well. The boy may be in the room. Darkness may be settled around me, but it is well. God had promised it will performance, and he will not delay. You see, as the woman placed the dead child on the bed of the prophet, we need to place our families on the altar of the Lord. We need to say, Lord, here it is. Here it is. We offer it back to you. As the woman didn't let anything hinder her faith, we too must be determined that God is going to meet the needs of our family. Like the woman, let us put our faith in action. For faith without works is dead. And we need to declare tonight all is well. All is well. Let us live by faith. Let us walk by faith. So that we can stand in the midst of a cruel day. And say I serve Jehovah Jireh. My provider. Where are your family today? Place them on the bed and say, Lord, all is well. Whatever issues it is, place it there and declare, all is well. But Pastor, how can I say all is well? But all is not well in my life. You need to start having spiritual eyesight. Stop looking around you and start looking at Jesus. What does the Bible say? Look up to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Today there is confidence in my heart that God is the sustainer. And you can declare all is well. We're going to sing a song that I learned just a couple of years ago. It's only been written the last few years. And I was in a service one night. In my heart, I too was burdened. You ever been there? And then the person that was asked to lead the worship that evening began to lead us in this song. All is well. I know not all his plans. But all is well. For all these years, we've obeyed the call of God. I haven't understood what He called me to dear lady for reported rain for the bishops at times. There's been times, Pastor Jared, I said, Lord, I don't know all your plans. Why did you take me from a comfort zone and put me somewhere else? I don't know all these plans, but this I do know. All is well. All is well. Though my brother has drifted from God, I declared a long time ago, all is well, and there is going to be a restoration totally of faith. And the years the locusts of Egypt, God is going to restore. I claim it, I believe it, and I will not let the devil tell me anything else. Tonight, too many of us are giving up. Declare, it is well. Let's stand. If you want to declare in your family today, it is well. 
You want to declare it as well over your marriage, over your home, over your children, over every person that comes in contact with you. Why don't you come to this altar this evening as an act of faith and say, all is well. We believe it. Let's stand and let's come as we sing together. Amen. Sing it together all this way, I'll make it. 